your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day, coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it your first listen every day. Locked on Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' loss in Minnesota. Um, they open up a three-game road trip by losing to a team that they could absolutely beat. It was frustrating, and it came down to the final four minutes where they just came up short yet again. I want to talk about the loss of their clutch gene, something they were doing early in the season that has fallen away. And then we're just going to hunt for silver linings. Uh, this was a frustrating game, um, and I will I will go full Sherlock Holmes and find and search as hard as I can for real silver linings. I think I've found some, so that's what we'll do to close the show. But before we do that, we got to do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. The Blazers lose this game 113-106. They don't hit their magic number of 115, so they lose. That's how this works. Uh, they started slow. They were down as many as 13 in the third quarter and, and ended the third, or excuse me, down as many as 13 in the first quarter because that's how the game starts. Ended up closing the quarter down 29-24, but only because they had an 8-0 run to close the quarter, sparked by a, uh, a three from the corner from Jeremy Grant, and then a steal and a three at the buzzer by Shaden Sharp, and, and only down five at the end of one when they should have been down double digits. They really struggled, and and uh, Damian Lode really struggled to open the game. They could, they were turning the ball over early, and um, and... Because of that, they were playing from behind to begin with. They're down 60-53 at the break, but uh, Jeremy Grant kept them in this game. Jeremy Grant scored 20 of their first 38 points, and his 20th point was was a, was as good a Jeremy Grant sequence as you're going to see. He's on Anthony Edwards on the left wing. He jumps the screen the first time, gets over the top of the screen, and stays in front. So then they rescreen and this screen's going towards it's like an empty corner screen going towards the uh towards the sideline so away from the center of the court and they're playing drop coverage so that uh drew eubanks has dropped way below the screen jeremy grant his if you're playing drop you you lock and trail so you follow the guy around the screen and you lock you lock onto him and trail from behind and you want to get a, a what cj mccollum always used to say a rear view contest but you want to make sure um you're like right on the dude's hip and until you can get back in front but grant does one better than that. He sees that as Gobert, who set the screen, is rolling to the rim, Anthony Edwards is just going to throw him a lob, and Jeremy Grant chases the ball down and slaps the lob away. So not only does he defend the ball, he defends the pass and then breaks up the lob, all a one-man fast-break pick-and-roll wrecking crew. The Blazers go the other way. Jeremy Grant actually fell down on that play more on that in a moment, comes you know running the other way, as as the ball swings to him at the top of the key, he hits a three-pointer, and, and he's got 20 in the first half, 20 of the Blazers' first 38. The only reason they're in shouting distance in the first half, their offense stunk for the first 18 minutes of this game. They couldn't get going. The dude who didn't stink was Jeremy Grant. He got hot. Here's the problem. According to the broadcast, at least, uh, that moment where he slapped the lob away from Rudy Gobert... Uh, Jeremy Grant hit his quad. He got a quad, quad contusion is what the team called it, but a bruised, bruised quad. It looked like Rudy Gobert's knee caught him in the leg. He he continued to play, but he briefly left and was considered questionable return, and he came back. From that moment in the second quarter, he only scored six more points. It just was not the same um, basketball player. He's had some quiet second halves this year, but like he was carrying the offense, shooting really well, scoring at all three levels, scoring in transition. He had been the guy who was propping him up on a night when he, they 
when their other scores weren't really going. And that moment when he when he like emphatically was like, no, I'll, trust me, I, I'll score more than half our points. He hurt himself and um, was was not the same. Blazers down, like I said, 60 to 53 at halftime. They hang around in the third quarter, even take a brief lead and, and go into the fourth down 89-85, only down four um led twice in the uh, third quarter or in the fourth quarter in the at the end of the game. They led at the 11 minute and 14 second mark when Jabari Walker caught a, it was a, a pass that was intended for Nurk. Then Nurk kind of tapped off the rim and Jabari Walker reading from the baseline and crashing the glass like he does so well, just finds a loose ball, dunks at home, Blazers go up by one. They led for 17 seconds. Then... <laughs> Couple trips later, Yusuf Nurkic pick and roll gets it to his right hand. Nurk had a couple weird misses where he didn't want to use his left hand. Gets to his right hand, swoop, scoop, let righty layup scores. Blazers go up one ninety ninety two ninety one. That was at a nine thirty three mark. The Blazers led for ten more seconds before Torian Prince scored. They led for twenty seven entire seconds in the fourth quarter. Twenty seven entire seconds. It didn't go great for them. Uh, they couldn't close. In, the, in This was a two-point game with four minutes left. We'll talk about that in the second segment. They couldn't close. They lose 113-106. That's your fastest recap in the West. A little bit slower because of a Jeremy Grant recap in the middle of there. That's your fastest recap in the West. Jeremy Grant finishes with 26. Damian Lord led the way scoring-wise with 27, but he did not have a good offensive night at all. He was 7 of 18 from the floor and 2 of 9 from 3. Um... He just, you know, he made some he made some shots late, but this was, if you watch it, this was not a good Dame night. He was not himself, certainly not from deep. Uh, Amphrey Simons, 16 points on 6 of 12 shooting. Josh Hart, just 1 point over four, on over 4 shooting. Yusuf Nurkic, 10 points, 8 boards, 3 assists. He ended up fouling out in 25 minutes. His backup, Drew Eubanks, came and fouled out in 20 minutes. There were no other Blazer centers on the roster because they just... Um, I guess Abu Baji dressed in this game, so they had one available, and they could have played Trenton Watford, but he was a DNP. Shaden Sharp, 13 points off the bench. On the other side, Anthony Edwards, they couldn't they couldn't slow him down late. Um, I thought they did an okay, Joe, okay job on him until crunch time, and then crunch time, Ant got what he wanted. They went under on a screen and hit a three. He got a couple shots at the rim. He finishes with 32 points, 17 and 12 boards from Rudy Gobert, former Blazer great Luca Garza came off the bench and finished with 14. Torian Prince in his first game back since November 25th. If you listen to yesterday's show, you know I'm a Torian Prince guy. He finished with 11 points um, in in 21 minutes. Just a just a bummer game. You know, uh, like the Blazers didn't lose this game in the familiar way that they have lost games recently, where they just um, where they can't stop a good team or or they they're they've now lost two of these games close against you know playoff hopefuls the Golden State and and Minnesota teams that are out of the playoff race but we probably figured would have been like playoff caliber teams we should say Minnesota might be worse than that um they probably are uh they, they had lost 9 of 12 and 6 in a row before beating Denver on Monday and now the Blazers on Wednesday so maybe they're turning it around but um certainly not on the same tier as Golden State I don't mean to imply that but like against competitive teams in the West is probably a fair way to say that the Blazers offense has melted down, down the stretch. It hasn't been really on the defensive end. It's been that the offense uh, in, in Golden State, they just couldn't get shots. They just couldn't get good shots. They didn't run enough good stuff. They ran, ran bad offense, got bad results, turnovers, bad shots uh, led to easy, easy points in this game. It wasn't bad offense. It wasn't that. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like bad defense. I think going under on one screen on Anthony Edwards was bad defense for sure. But like, this wasn't just like an, it just wasn't in hemorrhaging points like they have in the past. This was fouling too much, giving up rebounds, and just 
shooting bricks, uh, a couple make or miss moments late in this game. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. The clutch gene, the thing that defined the Blazers when they were so fun early in the season, when they were winning games down the stretch, they've totally lost it. And their offense has, uh, has abandoned them. And I think Chauncey Billups knows that. And I think he did something tonight that kind of suggests that he's looking to get a little bit more out of a team that should be better on offense, particularly, particularly in close games. So uh, let's join me in the second segment and we will talk, we'll talk clutch genes. But first I want to tell you about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar that there is. It's the best protein bar I've ever had. I've been eating Bill Bars for closing in on three years. Uh, my personal favorites are cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie, but you're going to find stuff you like. And now it's even easier than ever before. You can still go to Bill.com and peruse all of what they've got on the website and, and order what you want, customize a box, whatever it might be. But now for the first time ever, available at Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. You can go get a four-pack of your cookies and cream bars at Walmart, decide if you like them, and then you can go buy a full 16-bar box, or you can mix and match. You can you can go and sample them right away. So go to Walmart, go to your local Sam's Club, check it out, get some Built Bars, or head over to Built.com and, and do it like you usually do. Either way, check them out. I like them because they got 17 grams of protein, and they pack a punch, plus they taste great. So... I've been telling you about these for years. Go find out if I'm telling the truth. It's built.com. Go check them out. All right. Let's talk about the clutch gene. I want to say this as a caveat. I think the NBA defines clutch as uh, games that are within five points in the final five minutes. I think slicing any game, any portions of games throughout the season into five minute chunks is going to lead to some randomness pretty random i i don't think it is um i don't think it's a perfect judge and i don't think it's like statistically meaningful friends of mine who are smarter stats guys stats folks think that um in general clutch the clutch numbers in the nba are maybe a little too noisy to be meaningful and I think there, there's some truth to that. Uh, certainly, I'm not enough of a data scientist to uh, to really to really parse that. I am someone who believes the numbers matter and looks at them a lot and tells you about them here on the podcast. But like that's the caveat, right? Is that I'm I'm not sure that that, that these numbers are like super duper duper meaningful. But I can't help but see them and feel like they match up with what we've seen recently from these from these trailblazers. Prior to November 15th, Portland was 6-2 in clutch games. Started the year, first eight games, won six of them. Those are games within five points in the final five minutes. And they did it because they just made shots. They ripped through teams with a 133 offensive rating. Uh, it's like 1.3 points per possession. So it's, they almost almost hit make, a, make a layup every time down the floor, right? Um, it's, a, it's a lot of points. Uh, you know, the best offensive teams in the league are like at a 115 uh, during the year. So uh, 133 is wild, right? It's a f full standard deviation away. Uh, it's like they were just ripping teams, ripping teams with an elite offense down the stretch. And they should, right? They got great shot makers. Damian Lord is, you know, one of the great all-time late-game players in the, the league's ever seen. Jeremy Grant is an awesome shooter this year he's been an awesome shooter shoots off the bounce shoots catch and shoot shots like 
dude shoots, you know, 40 some percent from three, 44% for three on volume. Dude can light it up and he's got some individual offense to go get his own shot. Amphrey Simons, a really, really good offensive player. Like it, it makes sense that the Blazers would win close games because they've got three individual guys who at one point were all averaging north of 20, one of few teams in the league at that time that was doing it. Like, yeah, like if, if they're going to win, that seems to be the formula, right? Um, it's why that 115 number I've been harping on all year. They're 10-2 and two when they score 115 points. They they just don't win games if they don't score. That's how that's like how this team, that's the real, that's the reality of this team, right? It's just, it's just the absolute reality of this team. Um, early in the year, though, ripping teams in the clutch. And then since then, November 16th on, they're three and eight in games that have been decided by five points that have been within five points in the final five minutes, including tonight. And their offensive rating is now just a hundred, which would be, you know, the worst offense in the league. If it were for an entire season, they don't score. Uh, it's not a perfect measurement because like in clutch situations, the variance is way higher. There's teams that are scoring, you know, 1.54 points per 100 possessions or per possession. There's teams that are scoring 0.86 points per possessions. Like there's some there. Like I said, when you slice it this small and you make this, it's like, it's like the numbers, the sort of normalizing of the like, oh, 100 offensive rating would be this. It doesn't, I don't, that that's not the best way to do it. The point is that they were scoring like 1.3 points per 100. 1.3 points per possession. Now they're scoring one point per possession. It's like a, you know, it's 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 a dramatic decrease. Um, their defense was kind of fine in clutch minutes, and now it's kind of bad in clutch minutes. But again, like again, the difference in this, the difference in then what they were to start the year and what they are now, is that the offense stinks when it's on the line. The offense has stunk when the game's on the line, and that's puzzling to me. Against Golden State last Friday, they just got locked up. They started, they kept running the same, like, some of it is Damian Lord's personal preference. He wants the ball where he wants the ball. He wants to do things, like, he wants to get the ball at the top of the key. He doesn't want to get a screen. He wants to go one-on-one against someone because he thinks he can beat him, and often he can, right? And and sometimes, as a coach, you've just got to run comfort, run what the comfort is. And they they looked awful, awful. Uh, they They... They got locked up. Dante DiVincenzo, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, some help defense from from Draymond Green and and quick runouts the other way. And and the Blazers lost that game because their offense absolutely sputtered with turnovers and bad shots. So Chauncey Billups knew that. He saw that game on Friday. Then on then on Monday night, the Detroit Pistons with Dwayne Casey, they did something. What's what's called choosing opposite when you go into when you're an NBA team on the road, you get to pick where your bench bench is, which side of it, of the court it is. And most teams, like the majority, majority, majority of teams, I, I couldn't tell you a percentage, but most teams choose to road teams because you get to choose where you sit. Uh, choose to have the defense be in front of the bench at the end of games. Uh, it's very typical, so you can have Roy Rogers stand up and call out defensive signals, end of games. But Blazers totally sputter down the stretch against uh, the Warriors in Golden State. Then Detroit switches it up on him, and Chauncey sees like, oh, you can choose opposite. And Chauncey Billups, for the first time all season against the Minnesota Timberwolves, choose to, chooses to have his offense play in front of him in the second half. He hadn't done it all year. How do I know that? I went back and watched every road game. Uh, I... Lucky enough to have a league pass subscription. I clicked. I went back and watched every road game to confirm. He hadn't done it all year long. For the first time all season, he says, I want my offense in front of me in crunch time. And with three minutes and 48 seconds left, after Chauncey Billups challenges a, 
uh, foul call on Josh Hart, wins the challenge. It's a jump ball. Blazers get a jump ball, and, and uh, Damian Lord is fouled chasing down the jump. He hits two free throws. It's a two-point game. It's a two-point game with three minutes and 48 seconds left. The Blazers get the ball back, follow, get a stop, get the ball back. It's like, okay, you know, th- th- things things kind of have, have broken their way. They haven't played very well, but it's like you have the ball th- under three and a half minutes left, down two, and they run a really nice play. Like Chauncey takes his use it or lose it timeout, and they come out of the timeout and run a really nice play. Ant brings it across the court. Um, they they run a screen along the baseline to get Damian Lord an open corner three in the corner. It's one of the best shooters in the history of the sports. <laughs> the best shooter to ever wear a Blazer jersey. Open three, catch and shoot in the corner, and he misses it. That's not bad offense. That's not even bad process. That's a coach dialing something up and it not working. Blazers go the other way. Jeremy Grant goes under a screen. Anthony Edwards, Ant Edwards, drills the top of the key three. It's a five-point game. Blazers come down, work the ball around. Josh Hart gets a good look at a jump shot and air balls it, sends it, sends it long, like... Um, it hit the rim, but I don't think it was air ball. Rather, it was another. That was another shot. Clang, clanger. A good look, a good look, and he clangs it. What can you do? You get a, it's. You generate two good looks in the clutch, moving the ball around, doing the things you didn't do in the previous uh, game. You know, game that came down the wire after a blowout. Go the other way. Rudy Gobert gets an offensive rebound, gets fouled, hits two free throws. Now you're down seven. It was a two-point game a couple possessions ago. Then the Blazers' uh, Damian Lord kind of drives, draws draws attention, kicks it out to Josh Hart. He passes up a, a top of the key three because he's just missed one, and he already missed, he already passes up shots. He also, at this point, 0 for 4. He just hasn't had an offensive night. Has not been a good Josh Hart night. He swings it to Shaden Sharp, who's playing crunch time minutes because Drew, Drew Eumanks is fouled out, and Sharp's played pretty well. Shane Sharp, not ready to shoot it, a thing that has uh, first noticed by John Hollinger of The Athletic, but if you watch him, you can't help but notice it. Should have, should have been shot ready, wasn't. Instead, drives into the teeth of defense, charge. Blaze, or Timberwolves come down, and, and Anthony, Ant Edwards gets a layup. You're down nine, a minute and 53 seconds from a, from a two-point game to down nine when you had... Two clean looks at threes that you missed and two opportunities with Hart and Sharp to take another clean, wide open, off a pass three. I know the Blazers can get a little three-point happy at the end of games. Like, for sure, I've seen it. But that's like, those are good looks. Those are good looks. If you're generating quality threes, it's good to take them. The reason that the league has gone three happy is because threes are worth more points. They're worth three points as opposed to two-pointers, which are worth two points. Free throws are worth one. Uh, That's just a little math for you. I've been doing a lot of math in this one. But like... Quality three-point shots are good down the stretch, and the Blazers generated quality quality looks with the offense, with the offense in front of their coach. Dame misses one, Hart misses one, and Hart and Sharp decide not to shoot a, a third. Uh, each of them decide not to shoot the third. It's just, you know, that's the end. Of, the the passing up threes at the end is no good, but like, it's a make or miss make or miss league. The Blazers miss shots. Um, but that's kind of also the way it works. Like if you shoot bricks and the Blazers shot bricks in the fourth quarter, seven of 24 from the floor, two of 10 from three, 
um, you're going to lose. And the Blazers are so dependent on their offense to carry them that they don't, it's not like they're going to have one of these nights where they win ugly 99-92. Now they will. They're going to have one of these because I said it. But like they just, they're just not that type of team. They win because they score. And and early in the season, they won close because they scored when it was late in the game and the game was on the line. The offense sputtered in Golden State for a different reason. It sputtered tonight because they just shot bricks off of mostly quality offensive possessions. This team is built to win on offense. If the offense isn't good when it matters, they're not going to win. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. All right. Enough bummers. <laughs> I think there's some... The Blazers shorthanded. Gary Payton, I meant to mention this up front. I, I, it's in my notes, but I missed it. I apologize. Gary Payton didn't play in this game. Uh, he twisted his ankle, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, and was ruled out prior to tip-off with a right ankle sprain. Um, so he didn't play. So it was a, another short bench, and it was a, an opportunity for young players. And the Blazers are shorthanded right now. But if there is a silver lining, it's the opportunity for youngsters, who who I think you we've seen improve at least a little bit. Uh, let's let's talk about where we've seen that improvement in the third segment. But first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Look, if you are a hiring manager or a small business owner, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. They can identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and then connect with them fast and free. They make it easy, easy to screen applicants once they found them for you. So LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find those qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Lockdown Blazers, and we are on the hunt for some positive vibes to close the show. I don't think... I think two things, actually. I think the Blazers winning 10 of 14, starting 10 and 4, was a was bad, was bad for the fan base. I mean that earnestly. I'm laughing because it's like a stupid thing to say, but I mean it earnestly because it kind of... It, expectations are weird, and like, once your expectations get raised them getting back down to maybe where they were feels terrible. It feels like, it feels like the team has that your favorite team has failed you. Your favorite players have failed you. And that, that that Joe Cronin's a big dumb dummy and that he, he never knew what he was doing anyways and fire Chauncey Billups and trade Damon start over anyways. Like it, it can feel like that. If they just won 10 of 14 at any other random stretch of the year, and they'd always been kind of a 500 team. I don't think this would feel as, as, as kind of um, frustrating as it does. Like, if you if you kind of squint to close close your eyes and think back, take yourself back to October, if you if you had said uh, the Blazers are nineteen and eighteen through their first thirty seven games, you probably been like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like everyone in the world thinks they're going to win between thirty eight and forty five games, so they'll they'll be they're they'll be about winning about half of them, right? Like that's the right number, about half, um, or splitting them. Like it's so. I think it, like, I don't, 
I don't want to bury them after this loss. Like this is a this is kind of frustrating loss for sure. And like I, but I don't think like in general this like this a loss in Minnesota on this night like greatly dooms them. It just like it reinforces kind of many of the things you thought. It's like this team's got some flaws. One of their flaws is that they're just not deep enough. They do not have enough quality players off the bench, quality NBA guys off the bench. And without Gary Payton, they really don't have maybe any quality NBA players off the bench. Uh, there's two ways to acquire. If you're the Trailblazers, there's basically two ways to acquire those players. Trade for them or you draft them. Um, not many teams in the NBA actually participate in free agency. Um, you can sign Gary Payton's. You you don't you can't really sign upgrades beyond that. That's just like not how the league works. Um, so the Blazers' path to like upgrading their depth is trade season coming up in the next month, or um, or it's drafting guys and the guys that they drafted and one of the young players they've traded for look like they could develop into bench players in in the future. Um, I don't mean to paint this like, well, actually, if you watch the game close, like Shane Sharp was really good. But I will say this. I think Shane Sharp had a stretch in December where he looked like a 19-year-old and was playing poorly. I thought tonight he played legitimately pretty well. He had one... He had one moment at the very end of the game when the Blazers were down seven when he should have shot the ball. It happens to him all the time where he's not shot ready when he's opposite, opposite the ball. I am sure the coaches harp on it, but like you know, players play, he's, he's, it'll be something he has to learn. Like he's that he's got to be shot ready there. But beyond that, like, I think Shane Sharp played well. He had a sequence in the first half where he just like, uh, you know, he got the ball with, with Jalen Noel trying to, trying to make it, trying to put him, um, you know, put, put him in a, on a highlight reel and he guarded him chest to chest and ended up, they ended up knocking the ball away. Like, um, he, He's he's struggled on defense a little bit. Um, his his shooting has dipped a little bit, but I thought tonight he played pretty well. He finished with 13 points on five of seven shooting, um, had four boards and assists. Like, but I, I just beyond the box score, I think he looked like a better player. And when they needed someone to play at the end of the game, a shorthanded a, a shorthanded team, they like, okay, who are we gonna put on here because we need a little more offense? It was Shaden Sharp, and it was the right choice after Drew Eubanks fouled out. It's like we're gonna go small. We need we need more scoring, Shaden. Like you're the guy, um, and it was the right choice. If there is a silver lining during this Blazers shorthanded time when they you know when Jerry, Gary Payton like he was, took him forever to get back, plays one game, twists his ankle, and and then misses a night. Still no Nazir Little, still no Justice Winslow, um, who are out for various reasons, probably until at least a couple of weeks into January. Uh, the youngsters are going to play. Jabari Walker has passed up Trenton Watford in the rotation. I thought Walker wasn't very good tonight, but he still showed what he can do. Like, Walker wasn't very sharp tonight. The Blazers turned the ball over a kajillion times in the first half. Um, and I thought Walker was part of some of those struggles, just he wasn't very sharp. But he still grabs boards. He still works the glass. You can see him You can see him working the baseline and getting fighting for that. You know, he'll when a shot goes up or, a, or somebody drives... He will crash from the baseline and try to get inside position. He has a real knack for where the ball is going to be. He's got strong hands. He can he can play and and um, he can at least rebound at an NBA level. If you can do one thing, try to get in there and do your one thing. Um, he struggled with some of the other stuff. Keon Johnson's um, box score doesn't look very good, but I thought Keon was mostly okay in his minutes. Mostly okay in his minutes. Um, he's 
he's kind of in a weird spot with this team because he's like mostly a, he's kind of like a point guard, like he's point guardy. Um, and they don't need that. They don't need another point guardy type player. That's not what this team needs. They play Damian Lord and Anthony Simons all 48 minutes. One of those two dudes, point guardy person is not the, the position that they're missing. Um, it's so Keon doesn't have maybe his, is the real impact he has and his, his some of his decision-making shot making inside the arc is still a little dicey, but, I like what Keon brings as a hustle guy. I like what Keon brings as a transition player. Um, Like, he he has potential. When you play a bunch of young guys, your your bench is going to struggle. The first half, the bench didn't really struggle that much. It wasn't great in the second half, but and and again, Chauncey tightened uh, tightened up the rotations down the stretch. But like, if there's a silver lining while the Blazers are hurt and while the Blazers are you know kind of up and down and mostly down, just like beating the bottom feeding teams in the league, San Antonio, Houston, and Detroit, and losing everyone else. Uh, getting young guys real developmental minutes has value because that's how you end up with an NBA bench. You develop youngsters into your NBA bench. I'm not sure these guys are, any any of the three, are going to be like positive bench contributors by March. But I know that to get them to where they need to be by the start of next season as they enter their third, second and third seasons, um, getting them NBA seasoning when the games are competitive, when you are trying to make a playoff race, is valuable. Getting Watching Gary Payton just get all in Shane Sharp's ear and really coach him up when he was on the court, there's real value there. Keon Johnson playing minutes where they matter and not just mop up minutes at the end of blowouts or in the at the end of a tanking season that matters because the decision because all of you know his some of his struggles is just decision making at full speed having to do that reps against good players it gets you better at it Keon's made huge strides from last year and I think he can continue to improve and and Jabari Walker getting a real chance to try to translate his skills into you know what the one thing he does well into more things he can do well has value the way you develop an NBA bench is 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 put them in there and see what happens. Um, it'd be better if you could play them alongside, you know, more quality players. And I think if you get Gary Payton back, having him prop up that branch unit with with another decision maker, another defender, and all those things can help. But in the meantime, like if if it is this, if it is if it is the Blazers with, you know, Shaden Sharp, Jabari Walker, Keon Johnson, Drew Eubanks as their as their four guys off the bench, those particularly those three youngsters outside of Eubanks. These are real valuable minutes to help the Blazers down the line. Does it mean that they're going to like charge up the standings with that bench? No, they're going to struggle in those minutes. Does it mean like um, these dudes are going to be like high level playoff contributors because of these minutes in January? Probably not either. That's probably too soon to ask for it. But you're, if you join me back in the way back machine, the idea was that this season was going to figure out what you were and make the light, right incremental moves to go from, okay, we're pretty good and we're competitive to the next thing. And these guys getting minutes and playing helps you get to the next thing. That's a silver lining. Do you believe me? I hope you do. I hope you, um, uh, in the past, the, the the slogan of this podcast, the, the sort of thesis of this podcast is hold on to your joy. And this that's not a hold on to your joy moment. You know what this is? This is an indulge in joy moment. A friend of mine um, who is a irregular, sporadic listener to the show, we were talking about something else, uh, breakfast cereals, if you must know. And uh, he, he sent me a text that said, indulge in joy, bro. So <laughs> that's what I'm telling you to do here. The Blazers are struggling a little bit, but if you watch these youngsters, maybe allow yourself to indulge in joy, bro. Um, Or if you don't identify as bro, 
Indulge and in, indulge in joy, my friends. Please do. Thanks for listening. Come back for uh, tomorrow's show. Friday show will close out the week. Look ahead to the weekend. It's going to be a bunch of fun. Don't miss it. Tell your friends about it. Make it your first listen every day. I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>